Hey everybody, welcome back to the Liberty on Fire podcast. This is your host, Libertarian Tony. I know it's been a while since I was able to do a podcast and I have a lot of excuses for you. Well, number one is that I guess we were having some pretty bad fires again in California and that caused some power outages and then for us to kind of leave the area for a little while and then my wife decided to go on a trip to Costa Rica without me and leave me home, take care of the kids all by myself. So yes, while you're you're feeling uh, some pity for me, maybe you can uh, keep that in mind uh, because you haven't gotten a podcast in a while. So sorry about that. Okay, well, that's all going to come to an end pretty shortly. So I have two podcasts to do for you guys, probably within the next day or so. If I can, I will get them both out today and tonight. And the first podcast is kind of just a little bit of a uh, political update, uh, what's going on, I guess, with the Democratic presidential nomination. And I don't know, I like to use the real clear politics average for the polls, and I, I don't know if this is the right one to use, but it looks like they do a good job of just summarizing or kind of adding up all the different polls and kind of averaging them together. And I, I mean, who knows? I'm not a political strategist, so I don't know if one of the polls is better than another or they're more accurate. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But this is the one I've been using for the past six months, so I might as well just keep using it so at least I'm kind of consistent, right? Okay, so where do we stand right now? So many of you probably know that... Uh, O'Rourke has dropped out. Well, thank God, okay? He was doing, I guess, some damage to that party, to the Democratic Party. And, I mean, he ruined himself in Texas. So he, he's not running for any sort of seat anymore in Texas. He's not running for president anymore. I mean, he's going to have to leave the state because he went so extreme left that there's no chance that he can do anything in, in Texas anymore. Anyway, so I've stated that once before, but here are some of the numbers. I'm just going to report them to you. This real clear average still has Biden in the lead at 29.1. It's got Warren in second, 20.6. Bernie Sanders in third at 16.6. And then Buttigieg is in fourth, 7.1. Okay, so after Buttigieg, it just drops, and then it goes down to uh, Kamala Harris at 3.6, and Yang at 2.8, Klobuchar at 2.6, Cory Booker at 1.9, and then Tulsi Gabbard, my favorite of this crazy crew. She used to be, I think, at 0.8. Now she's at 1.8. So, hey, go Tulsi. Anyway, so th those are some of the numbers. I mean, there's some people that are less than 1%, but who cares? I mean, anybody below kind of Buttigieg at this point probably doesn't have a chance, right? I just want to see Tulsi Gabbard go as far as she can because, I mean, she's the only one in the crew that's pushing some sort of anti-war narrative, right? She's the only one out of all their candidates that had anything to say about ending, you know, these Middle Eastern wars or these regime change wars in the Middle East. So at, at least I'd like to keep her there to kind of keep the rest of them honest on that subject and force them to talk about it. Okay, so let's talk about, I guess, Buttigieg to start out. So Buttigieg is surging a little bit, right? And maybe this all hurt his numbers, maybe not. I don't know. Who knows? So as you know, 
All the Democrats in the primary have said that they want to pay blacks and African Americans for slavery reparations. I mean, they've all said that. They all agree on that. But now, Buttigieg not only wants to give free medical care to illegals and their families, but just recently he said he also wants to give them reparations too. What? I mean, I'm kind of lost here. You mean you get to break the law and come across the border illegally, jump the line of legal immigration, you get free education and free health care paid for by U.S. taxpayers, and then if our immigration officials detain you or your family members, then you want to have U.S. taxpayers pay them reparations too, like just give them money. So are we all totally insane at this point now? I mean, this has got to be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. I Again, I have no idea if this is going to kind of tank his numbers, but I think even a lot of kind of normal Democrats out there would think this is kind of crazy, right? Okay, so the next person I want to talk about in the uh, Democratic primary is Elizabeth Warren, right? She's getting tons of news. So I guess I'm going to do a little bit of math here. Let's say you take everyone making over $200,000 a year, you took every single dollar they made above 200000 and that still wouldn't be enough to pay for her Medicare for All plan. Okay? Every single dollar. You still can't pay for it. So on her website, now she came out with her how she's going to pay for it plan, and it costs a bargain basement price of $52 trillion. $52 trillion for her Medicare for All plan. Okay, go check it out on her website. So, what does this mean? Well, it means that even if we wanted Medicare for All, there isn't enough money in the country to pay for it. It is impossible. So, yes, math does matter. I mean, think about it. If the government was going to take every single dollar you made past a certain amount, let's say it's 100000 or $200,000, why would you keep working? Why would you keep working just to give the money to the government, who you know is going to waste it, and it's going to get given to cronies, and there's going to be so much fraud involved that all that money they're collecting from you is just going to be meaningless? I mean, so I already told you that even taking all the money over, I mean, for people making over 200000 can't pay for it. Part of her plan that she's talked about now uh, in the news is that, you know, she just wants the billionaires to pay for it, the billionaires and the huge corporations. So again, let's just think about some of the math here. If you take all the billionaires' money, and this is just an easy thought experiment, if you take every single billionaire, right, all their money in year one, let's say that adds up to about $8 trillion. It doesn't even come close to paying for her plan. And then where is the money going to come from next year? Huh? I mean, where is the money going to come from? I mean, I'm assuming that the billionaires just don't move to like Puerto Rico or Italy ahead of time, where they're actually doing a pretty decent job of protecting wealth at the moment and, you know, trying to attract some rich people to their countries or their, you know, their economies. I mean, where is the money going to come from? I mean, there's really no good answer to this. There's no answer that doesn't cause a significant tax hike on everyone, 
including and especially the middle class, which, of course, she claims she's not going to tax. So then you have to think, well, what if they just print the money? Oh, I know, I'll just get it from the Fed. We'll print it and pay for things. Well, that doesn't work either, because then you just have a fast collapse like Venezuela or Zimbabwe, as opposed to a slow collapse, kind of like the trajectory that we're on now. So also, Buttigieg's plan of a Medicare for all that want it is also a problem. I mean, obviously, it's not as expensive, but this would eventually put all the private insurance companies out of business because nobody can compete with the government on pricing because the government can just write a check anyway for whatever price they want using taxpayer dollars, right? They'll just subsidize payments with your money. So it's obvious that Elizabeth Warren can't explain how she's really going to pay for things because she can't explain it. I mean, the math just doesn't work. So when Joe Biden and Klobuchar tried to call her out on it at the last debate on how she intends to pay for it all, I mean, she had to dodge the question. I mean, it was an obvious dodge because she couldn't explain it. At least Bernie Sanders is kind of honest about it and admits that he's going to have to raise taxes on everybody. And for some reason, you know, his plan costs like $20 less than Warren's plan. I mean, I don't know who's doing the math for both of these people. But anyway, I guess that's, that's some sort of backhanded compliment to Bernie Sanders that he's slightly less truthful. But yeah, think about it. Where's all this money going to come from? There's not enough money there. If you took it from everybody making $200,000 or more, there's not enough money there if you took it from all the billionaires. I mean, if you took every single penny the billionaires had... And if you try to go down the route of printing the money, you completely collapse the country. So this whole plan is just an idiotic kind of vote-grabbing machine, and it's a non-starter. Okay, so the last thing I'm going to talk about on this podcast is just a little bit on the impeachment. Now, I'm going to do a separate, more detailed podcast on the impeachment, uh, hopefully later today. And uh, this is more of kind of like you know, I guess big picture type thing, right? So just last week, we had a uh, vote in the House, and every single Republican voted against going forward with impeachment, including two Democrats, mainly because in the red or purple counties that Trump carried in 2016, and that the Democrats picked up members in those areas in 2018, these seats are in jeopardy of These voters being pretty pissed off, you know, the constituents in this area, they've complained about it, and they don't support impeachment, right? So these seats are in jeopardy of going back to the Republicans. And these new House Democrats are worried about losing their precious government jobs. Well, anyway, there were enough votes to go ahead with the whole impeachment inquiry. So, you know what, big deal. I mean, we knew that would happen. We knew they had the votes, so this really shouldn't be a shocker to anybody. So I guess why am I so nonchalant about it? Okay, well, I mean, it was a it was predictable, right? It was a hundred percent predictable that when Pelosi and Schiff made up their mind that this was going to happen, and it's also a hundred percent predictable that the Senate won't confirm it. So in the end, Trump won't be removed from office anyway. Now, if you want to remove Trump for something, 
you want to impeachment over something you want to impeach him over something real well then go after him about yemen and trump's support for you know this saudi arabian genocide in yemen killing women and children throughout that country i mean we could go after trump on that right but you know and as i've explained in a prior podcast if you go after trump on that then you probably have to go back and try to convict Obama of past war crimes, and nobody's going to go down that road. Okay, so that's not going to happen. Well, anyway, I mean, the Republicans are going to fight this tooth and nail anyway, all the way to the election. But you have to think, as a Democratic strategist, they better hope they have some additional smoking gun out there. I mean, if they continue to push this impeachment without a better narrative, and in a way that doesn't allow for maybe due process and the Republicans to be involved in the hearings? I mean, this is the way they've been conducted so far. I mean, they've excluded the Republicans from the hearings. They won't let the Republicans call or talk to any witnesses. If they continue down this road, then I think they run a serious risk of some political backlash from the voters who maybe think it's a kind of a waste of time or maybe some sort of partisan hit job. And as you probably know, uh, the Nixon and Clinton impeachments were both bipartisan. I mean, for whatever that's worth. And we already have 100% of Republicans and two Democrats voting against impeachment. So if you're a Trump hater, you better hope that Pelosi has an ace up her sleeve, because otherwise, I mean, she might be actually making it easier for Trump to get reelected and for the Republicans to take back the House. Well, that will do it for today. Thank you all for listening to the Liberty on Fire podcast. Please do me two favors. Number one is to share the show. Remember that we want to continue to advance the message of individual liberty, and sharing and growing the show is one of the best ways to do that. The second favor is to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. A five-star rating is much appreciated. Also, please check out our website, libertyonfire.org. Thank you very much. And until next time, let's keep those fires of liberty burning bright. Yeah.